The Romance Class Podcast is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano Chapter 18, Part 1 So this is what heartbreak felt like. I guess I was supposed to know this already, since the actual breakup was six months ago, but the pain I felt now that James was officially with someone else had nothing on that evening. The ache lingered, and not even the torrent of tears washed it away after I got home and found my family waiting for me with mugs of mommy's famous hot chocolate. In between sips, I finally told my family everything. The details of the breakup, what happened after, the fight with Maya, and, after some hesitation, Nico. Daddy quietly held my hand as he sat beside me. At the joy, furiously paced back and forth in the kitchen, and Paul asked me if I wanted him to go to James's house to exact revenge. I expected Mommy to be furious, too, but she sat in front of me, calm and cool. She had been silent the entire time. When I was done talking, she closed her eyes while she took a deep breath, then ordered the rest of the family to get ready for Mass. But we've already gone to Mass, Paul whined. We're going again, she said firmly. Faith hasn't attended Mass yet. We're not leaving her alone. I watched in amazement as the rest of my family dispersed without further complaints. Mommy watched them go, then she turned to me, eyebrow raised. Well, you too, she said, putting a hand on her hip and pointing to the stairs with the other. I want you showered and ready in twenty minutes. That was how it went for the whole week. I was also on Holy Week break, and the temptation to mope and cry at home was strong, but Mommy had other ideas. She made sure that I was with her and Daddy during all the parish activities they were involved in. Out of habit, I resisted at first, but Mommy didn't accept any excuses and got me out of the house. Not like being out of the house and in church didn't give me room to cry. My tears fell freely, in the middle of the Lenten recollection on Tuesday, during confession on Wednesday, or even while the priest was washing the feet of the disciples for the Holy Thursday Mass. That girl crying at every station during the Good Friday Stations of the Cross? Yes, that was me. My eyes were swollen and my face and nose were red, but Mommy held my hand firmly. It didn't exactly lessen the ache that seemed to have taken up residence in my heart, but it lightened the burden on my shoulders. When I wasn't at church or with my family, I talked to April and Rain, Mostly with April, because Rain was also at the province with the rest of their clan, and the mere thought of her being around James was just too much. Maya would have been perfect to talk to if only she wasn't still mad at me, and I couldn't muster up enough strength to call her. And Nico? Nothing. I wanted to call him, but guilt gnawed at me every time I remember our last conversation. I couldn't deal with him just yet. On Saturday morning, six days since I found out about James's new relationship, I woke up to Mommy putting a box in the middle of my room. Good morning, Faith, she said, when she saw I was awake. Breakfast is ready. After that, I want you to do some cleaning. What? I asked sleepily, sitting up on the bed. 
It's time for you to get rid of some things, she stated firmly. Go through your closet and your drawers and put everything in this box that you need to let go. Need? Yes. My mother picked up my green jacket draped over my chair, which I had thrown in my bag when Paul fetched me last Sunday. My hand flew to my chest. I was expecting the usual sharp pain whenever I saw something related to James. But there was just a dull ache instead. I let out a small breath, my hand feeling the faint, steady beating of my heart. Like this, she said, holding the jacket by its shoulders and shaking it at me. She folded it twice and gently laid it at the bottom of the box. This is old and you don't need it anymore. Then she sat on the edge of my bed and patted my knee twice. You know what to do. Be as thorough as you need to be, she continued, gentler this time. If you need help, just call me, she said before leaving. I stared at the box for a while before looking around my room. Little mementos from my relationship with James in the last five years were all around me, even the pillow that I slept with whenever I was home. I picked it up, then after a few seconds, tossed it into the box. I swung my legs to the side of my bed and picked up a framed photo on my bedside table. It took a while before I tossed that in as well. Mommy checked in on my progress after an hour, bringing a tray of food. She nodded approvingly at the box, even if I hadn't filled even one-fourth of the space. I watched her retreating back, realizing that, for the first time in the longest time, I didn't mind that my mother was deciding what I should do next. If anything, having her in control meant that I didn't have to have it all together. That it was okay to not be okay. It was going to take a while to finish, but I'll get there. I had formed a plan while I was cleaning. Perhaps the act of cleaning and letting things go helped clear my head. Or maybe it was the breaking and crying that allowed me to calm my heart long enough to make a decision. Or it could be both, really. But the point is that a decision was made, and I had sent the message. For the first time in six months, I felt that I was doing something right. The following day, Easter Sunday, after morning mass, I headed out of the house carrying a plastic box. Paul saw me and, after some hesitation, he asked me where I was going. I told him and he insisted that he would accompany me. Are you sure you don't want me to go in there with you? Paul asked for the third time that morning while we were in his car. I shook my head my hands tightening its grip on the box I had on my lap. It was a good thing that I had transferred the mementos into a plastic box, because other than the vice-like grip I had on its handles, my palms were sweating so much that I was sure I would have ruined the original cardboard box. And after I had finished with my room yesterday, I had cleaned up my office and apartment as well. Okay, I'm going to wait at the shop across the street, Paul said. If you need me, ring me once and I'll come get you. I smiled. He really did fit his name, Courage. Thanks, little brother. I ruffled his hair, making him scowl because he hated it whenever we treated him like a baby. I climbed out of his car and took a deep breath, then started walking toward Pia's kitchen. It was still too early for the Sunday lunch crowd, so the restaurant was pretty much empty save for James, who sat in our usual table, watching me make my way to him. I reminded myself to hold my head up high as I walked. 
Hey, Faith, he said when I got there, rising from his seat. He took a step toward me, perhaps to give me a hug, but I lifted the box between us. James took a step back with confusion in his eyes, but his face still perfectly pleasant. Hi, I said softly, nodding at him. I took the seat across him and put the box on the table, holding onto it as if it was offering me protection. On my way to the restaurant, I had thought of all the things I wanted to say, and even went over them with Paul. But now I've found myself fumbling, wanting only to bask in the brightness of his smile all over again. His phone trilled with a message notification, the same one I knew he used for me. For a moment, I thought my last message had been delayed, until I saw Katrina's face on the screen as his wallpaper. It jerked me back to reality and also gave me the courage to start talking. I'm not going to stay long. I just want to give you this. I pushed the box toward him. James looked at me curiously before looking inside it. I watched as realization dawned on him as he scanned the contents. Inside were the remnants of the things I had cleaned up at home and my apartment. The ones that I couldn't throw away, like the receipts of our dates, or donated, like some of the clothes and toys he gave me. These were the things that meant the most. The jacket, his letters, the jewelry, and the photos, including the photos in my office. I would have thrown them away, but it didn't feel right, and I needed to talk to him anyway. Five years of love, and they only fit in such a small box. He picked up the green jacket, slowly running his thumb over the letters before dropping it back into the box. He looked at me. What should I do with all of these? Donate them. Throw them away. I don't know, I shrugged. You... you make it sound so easy. What well, wasn't it? I retorted, suddenly angry. Wasn't it easy breaking up with me and then dating someone else soon after we broke up? I had a tiny moment of victory when James looked as if I had slapped him, like he was surprised that I called him out. But the victory quickly faded, and shame followed, together with sadness. That wasn't what I meant to do here this morning. I was here to make peace with myself, which included making peace with James too, in whatever way possible. What was the point of blaming anyone? He seemed as uncomfortable as I was, and I wish that we could just not do this. But for my peace of mind, I had to. I really wanted to move on. I had to soldier on and face this discomfort now so I could finally close the door behind us. James, I said, looking at him. He looked at me and I forced myself to hold his gaze. Why did you break up with me? This episode was sponsored by What Kind of Day? by Mina V. Esguera. A senator's speechwriter accidentally joins a tour of his own city and through his passionate tour guide gets to experience a new side of Manila on what should have been the worst day of his career. Available on Amazon, Apple Books, Kobo, Google Books, and other retailers worldwide. Keep the Faith by Ana Tejano. Text copyright, Ana Tejano. Narrated by Jade Albert. Produced by Tanya Arpa and Mina V. Esguera. Purchase the Keep the Faith ebook and paperback on Amazon now at bit.ly slash keepthefaithbook. 
Season 3 of the Romance Class Podcast features an unabridged audio version of a novel by a Filipino author featuring a Filipino narrator. We do this to make the work of Filipino authors more accessible to more readers and introduce Filipino voices in more ways than one. Help readers find us by leaving a review or a rating in Apple Podcasts. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or any podcatcher of your choice. You can find the links to subscribe on romancepodcast.com. Subscribe, share, live tweet as you listen. Add hashtag romanceclass so we can find your reactions and feedback. If you would like to sponsor this podcast, email mina at romancepodcast.com. Find more romance books by Filipino authors on romanceclassbooks.com.